0: It's time for some Cheap Talk. You're listening to Trick Chat.
1: Hello, kitties. Hello, kitties. And welcome to Cheap Talk, issue number 12, where we're going to take a look at side two, or what we're calling side two, of Cheap Trick's self-titled 1997 comeback album. But before that, let's take a little dip into the mailbag. And before we even do that, we're going to talk about a Facebook book group that you should join. Uh, you can find it at Cheap Trick Book. If you do a search for Facebook.com groups Cheap Trick Book you'll find a Facebook group about the book Reputation is a Fragile Thing and we're trying to get that re-released and you can make that happen. We'd like you to join that group but more importantly we would like you to email Mike Hayes the author of the book and you can email him at MJ M-J-H-A-Y-E-S 57 57, at gmail.com we're trying to get as many people as we can to email him so that we can get an idea of how many books we should print if we do a reprint of reputation is a fragile thing we wish him and Ken Sharp good luck with doing that we're just trying to get it done we're trying to help them out and get the word out so let's get into the mailbag We've had some good responses about the last episode. Let's take a look at some of these things here. Bill Tollys writes in with, Love that record, cheap trick, nine, 1997. Bought it in Slavinsky Broad, Croatia at the PX in May 1997. So that's a pretty cool memory. Paul Stam writes in saying, Listening to the podcast right now. This album is definitely in my top five all-time favorite CT albums, maybe even a tie with Dream Police, and that says a lot for me. I saw them on this tour opening up for Motley Crue. I couldn't agree with you more regarding your comments regarding Shelter. Such a heart-wrenching song. I break down every time I hear it. Also, regarding your comments regarding Kiss fans, I couldn't agree with you more. Kiss was and always will be my number one band. But none of my close friends are hardcore Kiss fans because every hardcore Kiss fan I've met irritates the hell out of me. I was that way with AC/DC fans for a while. It just seemed like their band was the only band that mattered. And I, I love a lot of different music, so I know where you're coming from. Stephanie Stewart Morgan writes in: "Anytime is B.J.'s least favorite song on the album." So for me, that song makes the album, it sets the tone, it's dark and dirty, I love that. By the way, a tipple is a ten-string baritone ukulele, so thank you, Stephanie. Stephanie was also cool enough to send us a voicemail, let's check that out.
0: Hey there, Trick Chat boys. You know what I find frustrating when I listen to Trick Chat? I just want to join in the conversation,
1: and that's what's so great about listening to it. I feel part of it, even though I'm actually on the other side of the world. I love that you're dissecting the albums. They've been my favourite shows. I'm really loving the show that you did on Cheap Trick 97 and look forward to hearing the second part of that. I'm also hoping that maybe you might do Special One one day. It's a controversial album, but it's one of my favourites. And it's probably my favourite from the post-epic era. And one day, one day, I will convince BJ that Tom can sing. And hopefully we'll get to hear more of him. So keep up the good work, guys.
2: I'm really loving the shows. Rock on.
1: BJ has said jokingly that... Tom is not that good of a singer, so Stephanie wants us to play something to probably try to win BJ over. So here's something that uh, Tom's going to sing the first part of this next song, which comes off a tribute to Jeff Lynn from ELO. Check it out. so cool to hear from our listeners. And if you'd like to send us a voicemail, you can do what Stephanie did and uh, send a voicemail or voice MP3 or wave to podkissed at gmail.com. And we may play your reaction to our show or your thoughts about Cheap Trick. So please do that. Drop us a wave or email at podkissed at gmail.com. Tony Taylor writes, This album has such depth. Lots of great stuff going on that makes you think. There are some hard truths on this LP. Love it. I love Rick's use of dropped detuning. He does it in a non-typical way. Doesn't Rick do everything in a non-typical way? Ian Murray from Australia says, Great show, guys. I bought this album when it first came out, but never listened to it. Just listened to it on my way home from work this, this afternoon. I must say the musicianship is outstanding. We'll listen to it more over the next week. Thanks, guys. It's won me over. So that makes us happy because we really feel that this is a just absolutely amazing album. Bunny Barnett, our fellow admin on the Cheap Talk page, says, Great job, guys, as always. It is such a shame that this album did not get the attention it so richly deserved. It is definitely one of my favorite albums. And no, it was never released on vinyl. There was talk of it being remastered on vinyl, but that, to the best of my knowledge, knowledge it never was. And that's true. It never has been. We just called it Side 2 for the sake of our splitting up the CD so we could talk about it and play some extra cool goodies, which you'll hear in this episode. Uh, Mr. Rick Grouse says, I've decided Miracle is my favorite on it. I hum it all the time now. Jeff Hoagland writes in, Great show, guys. This is an album that I've only discovered in the last couple of years, and I can say it's fantastic. I can't say I disagree on the overriding opinion of Side One that you fellows have. Can I ask what version of Shelter you played? I was just lukewarm to the song before, but now I really like it, thanks to this version. Well, Jeff, that was from Cheap Trick's Rockline appearance from 1997. Jeff continues to say, I would love to see RZB make an album, even if it's all covers. Ken Mills, are you aware of any possibility of an album? I'm not aware of any album, but I know that the guys in the band and Robin are definitely into touring and playing, and I know that Steve Longo has said that he'd like to record, so let's keep our fingers crossed and uh, stop over at the RZB fan page and let people know that You're interested because that's how things get done. Greg Brofer said, I love the Rock and Roll Geek podcast. A true Cheap Trick fan, and he plays stuff from bands I've not heard or heard of. It's definitely worth a listen. And that's, of course, referring to Michael Butler, who is on this episode. So that's very cool. And Mr. Ghosty Timmers writes, this album, along with Music for Hangover CD, cemented Cheap Trick status in my top ten. It was a creative rebirth for the band, and every time I listen to Cheap Trick 2, I find myself blown away by every track. Love this album. Can't wait for Side 2. And here we go, we're going to go to BJ and Michael Butler and myself as we discuss Side 2 and the bonus tracks from Cheap Trick's self-titled album, 1997. And today we are joined, as always, by Mr. BJ Cramp, and we have Hello. a friend on the line. Would you care to introduce him, uh, BJ?
2: On the show today, we have Michael Butler, famous host of the Rock and Roll Geek Show, the longest-running podcast in existence. There right? you go.
3: I wrote this down for you, didn't I, BJ? That's good. No. Please write it down. Like I like, read it, like I wrote it down. Please.
2: <laughs> and Michael is a fan of the show, and so and also, uh, I believe this is your favorite Cheap Trick album, right, Michael? Is that what you say?
3: <clears throat> Thanks for having me on the show, Ken Mills. I really appreciate it.
1: I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. And BJ,
3: thanks for going to bat to have me on the show. I really appreciate it from you too, friend. No
1: problem, problem. I thought it'd be fun. Let's move on to the next track, Yeah Yeah. Again, Beatles all over the place, so yeah, I love it. BJ, what do you think of Yeah Yeah? Yeah, I think it's a
2: really cool song. (laughs) I don't know what else to say about it. I like it. Definitely saw them do this live.
4: Say you want it, say you want it. Baby, that's no crime.
2: I don't know about the down tuning on everything, but um, you know, but yeah, it's a cool song.
1: I love the background vocals along with Robin's. You know, that yeah, it's very very cool. Michael, what do you think?
3: I have the same thoughts, both you guys. I won't extend on it. I like this album better than Rockford and the latest.
1: This album? I like
2: Rockford more. Yes, but
1: I I I yeah, I think that this album is the best one of the best things they've ever done. So yeah, it's definitely better than the latest and so on and so forth, yeah.
3: Of the of the the last four, it would be this album, then Rockford, then Special One. Rockford and Special One would be close and then the latest.
1: I'd have to say that I'm pretty close to that. What about you, BJ?
2: I put Rockford this, the latest special one.
1: Okay, you're off the show. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Um, Oh, I love Rockford. It's so great. Well, can a Rockford cast be far away? So, There we go. Um, Let's look at the single from the album. There are two uh, videos made for this. The song is called Say Goodbye. The one video was in color, and it uh, had a plane crashing into a building. And I doubt that 9-11 had anything to do with it, but a lot of people have mentioned, wow, that's kind of creepy how that kind of worked out. Uh, Have you guys ever seen that? (laughs) They're idiots if they They, said that, by the way. They (laughs) are. I agree. I agree. But people people fixate on weird things. Have you guys ever seen that version?
2: I
3: don't know. I don't remember. I just recently saw the other version.
1: Well, what did you think of the black and white version? I like it. In which we see... uh, much younger Dax Nielsen, as one of the mm. actors in the video. It's very. I did not know that. And, yeah, it's very bleak and very stark. And isn't Robin's daughter the girl?
3: I don't know. Have you heard Rick's other sons'
2: band, Miles Nielsen? Yeah, um, I, fr- I forget yeah. what they're called. I haven't seen them. Uh, they're called them them. Uh, Miles Nielsen and the Rusted Hearts. Oh, okay, he had a different band before that, I think.
3: They're pretty good. Actually, they're a little little, little alt, but um, they're pretty good. Got a few catchy tunes. He sings a lot like Robin Zander.
1: Which mm-hmm. which song would you recommend if we were to play one of theirs?
3: Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm going to be playing one on my next Rock and Roll Geek show. But I would suggest you play Overrated. Okay.
1: think of say goodbye
4: how does it feel to be better how does it feel
2: Brilliant. Um, this is very rare, but the first single from the album is also probably my favorite song on the album, which never seems to happen Mm -hmm. with any albums that I like, where you know the single is my favorite. But yeah, this is an amazing song, just absolutely brilliant. I love it,
1: Michael.
3: Yeah, my third favorite song on the record. I love this tune. Simple A, E, and D chords Mm -hmm. repeated. You can't go
2: wrong with that.
1: Lyrically, what do you guys think of it?
2: I love it. Yeah, it's love good. Love it,
1: love it, love it.
2: You know, this is an Here's example. A- this, this song got a lot of radio play, and, you know, what, what, are you, what are they supposed to do when you have a song this good and it just doesn't catch on? Well, you know, they did their best. It doesn't get much better, so.
3: There's another version of this song on the Red Ant session where Robin sings the verses an octave lower. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that one, Ken? No. It's really good. I like I like the album version better, but the red ant one when Robin sings so low, it's really cool to hear. This song is great.
1: I'm just looking at some of the top 100 hits of 1997.
2: Huh? Interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, right. I mean, I was thinking. Yeah, I was going to look at that too. Okay. Just for Again, I don't
3: think Cheap Trick cared if any of these songs were hits. Right. To be honest with you.
1: We had "Um by Hanson.
3: Not a bad tune.
1: Not a bad tune.
3: Do you like Tinted Windows? Actually, I do. Me too. BJ to. doesn't like him that much. I saw him I at South by South. I person. didn't I say I not like him. I like it. You told me that on your show, I thought. It's it
2: all right. Good.
3: I like it. Catchy tunes. But I like Hanson. I, I saw Hanson many times, actually. Mm-hmm. Not many, two Yeah, times. I don't
2: have a problem with Hanson. They had some good songs.
1: That's a, that's a hell of an it, infectious song. But I'm I'm trying to get an idea of what else was a hit at that time. Go ahead. So far, you're yeah, okay. The Macarena. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Secret Garden, Bruce Springsteen, Big Daddy, Heavy D. I'm just picking things at random. Barbie Girl by Aqua. Uh,
3: not that bad of a tune.
1: No. Yeah. But what about for rock, for rock songs?
3: You know. Yeah. yeah. What were the well, rock What were the charting rock yeah, albums what were the
1: right ro- Yeah. But was there any rock that year? I mean, I'm looking. Well, well on, you know, I'm after this album much. came
2: out, Cheap Trick opened for Stone Temple Pilots. <clears throat> <laughs> mm-hmm. So that you get... shows you what the time period was like. Yeah,
1: Uh Leanne Are Raps you a Stone Temple big.
3: Pilots fan, Ken Ray? Or yes, Ken, I, Ken Mills.
1: Yes, I am. I love STP. Uh, their first, their first couple albums. Are I'm just sorry amazing. to hear that. You don't like them?
3: I hate that band. That's the one band that I can't stand. There's four bands that I will turn off every time the radio comes on, and Stone Temple Pilots are one of them.
1: What are the other ones?
3: Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Doors, mm-hmm.
2: and Santana. I agree with the last two. Well, mm. for the last three I guess, but uh there are a few Stone Temple Pilot songs that I like quite a bit, but you know, they have some really bad stuff too. But T- but Cheap Trick Opening for them is, you know it's an insult.
1: Right. Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. So this was the kind of thing that was uh making it in. Third Eye
3: Blind was around. Yeah. Oh, that around. was
2: the year of like Sugar Ray and Smash Mouth and all that shit.
3: <clears throat> yeah, alternative, uh, whatever you call it, alternative. I rock. worked
2: in a record store then when Tub thunk Thumping was huge, so I remember yes. everything that was...
3: Everclear was happening, which I liked.
2: Yeah, Everclear. Everclear.
1: Yeah. They're Cheap Trick fans. Yeah, of course. But uh, anyway, I was just kind of wanting to get a little look into what was going on on the charts at that point. And to me say goodbye just does not fit because it's just so darn good yep it's too good to <laughs> and be we here. should all
3: be proud that it didn't fit
1: mm-hmm. how does it feel to be better this is again one of those songs where someone goes away they get all cleaned up they come back and they tell you it's time to say goodbye why'd you come back to say goodbye so damn heartbreaking and brutal
3: you take how does it feel to be better as somebody cleaned up and got off drugs
1: yeah to me what to hmm. to me what this song is about and then I want to hear what you have to say because this is one of the things I love about music and poetry is that it can mean one thing to somebody and something to somebody else to me this song is about somebody two people that were in a defun- dysfunctional relationship the one person had to go away to get their life together and they came back got back together came back and just wanted to say goodbye. That's the only reason they came back was basically to say, look, I'm sorry for what I did, but I can't be with you anymore. Whether the other person was a user or whatever the problem was, but something is preventing them from continuing this dysfunctional relationship. Any thoughts? What are your thoughts?
3: Well, I thought it was it was that his girlfriend found somebody better found somebody else that was better than him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
2: take it That's like probably. um you know she's better off without you. Yeah. And and but and now so why rub now now you're just rubbing it in? I don't yeah. know. You came to like shove that. it in my face. Yeah, yeah exactly. So
3: it's yeah. kind of a sad way to say F you to
2: exactly. his ex girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think both of those are definitely valid interpretations. I think that both of those could work. Be it a relationship or some sort of... It could apply. That's all I'm saying.
3: Does that apply to you personally, Ken Mills?
1: Well, now we're getting into therapy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is a goosebumps.
2: This is a goosebumps song for me. It's Uh, like the melody is just so great. It's just when it kicks in. And it's just a really perfectly put together song.
3: And 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 Rick, go back, Rick Nielsen. I know you're listening. Go back, play (laughs) E A D repeatedly. And and (laughs) when you're in the studio for the next record, and then make your new song as a variation of "Say Goodbye."
1: Mm -hmm. It would not be a bad thing. It's. uh just a damn fine song you won't get much better This record, aren't we guys? But uh, when <laughs> so you get something this good, I don't it's... think
3: any—I don't think any Cheap Trick fan will disagree on our, on our thoughts of this record. They might think some of us are acting like fools, but they won't agree—they won't disagree—that this album is one of the great albums.
2: Well, it won. I mean, the reason we're doing this is because we put the poll up on the Facebook page of which album they want us to do next, and this is the one that won. So,
3: well, huh. there, there you, you go. You go. There you go. Hello Facebook cheap trick friends. We love you. <laughs> rock and Roll Rock and Roll Geek.com. Send your you know the, the, and a lot geek. less than com.
2: 640 people voted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know.
3: So. How many people voted?
2: A lot less. There's like 640 members and you know maybe 40 or 50 people. It's actually. always that way. It's kind yeah. of
1: like who actually reads Where are the, the other
2: 600? <laughs> yeah. We want your vote, laddie. We <laughs> they should
3: gold. all be proud that they're not on Facebook. That's
2: right. No, they are on Facebook. Yeah, they are on Facebook. they joined the pr- group. <laughs> well, maybe they're doing
3: something better than staring at Facebook Farmville. all day.
1: True, Farmville. true, true.
3: Very cool. There you
1: I'm go. I'm going to
3: start saying that now. There you go. There you go. See? It's mm-hmm. very cool.
1: <laughs> the most hostile, <laughs> <laughs> passive-aggressive, <laughs> Podcast you'll ever hear this year. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh let's let's move on to wrong all along.
0: Wrong all along. Wrong all
1: along. All the night, what do you think, Michael?
3: Probably well, I like it, but not my favorite. Again, the rockin' tunes on this record are not are my least favorite ones. Catchy enough. I like it. It's, it's again, probably trying. It's either a leftover song from their past. In my, I, I could be wrong. I probably am. It could either be a leftover song from their past or a song where they're saying, no, oh, this is going to be the one that's like most like Old Cheap Trick. Hmm.
1: It seems like uh, they just kind of went with it. Again, this is another studio, live studio song, as far as I'm concerned, or that's what it sounds like to me. It doesn't sound like there's a lot of... play I mean, they don't even really seem to have an ending.
3: Now, BJ, tell us the real facts.
1: Yes, and now the <laughs> truth with BJ.
2: Yeah, no, no, I don't have a lot of info about this song. Um, I was thinking that you could take this song and put it on almost any Cheap Trick album, yeah. and it wouldn't really be out of place, you know?
3: But Which I don't know be... if
2: that's necessarily a good thing because it's it's just kind of a, it's just kind of an obvious song. I mean, it's it seems like it was yeah. too easy.
3: Yeah, it's kind of a generic cheap trick song. Yeah,
2: I mean, I like it, and I, I think it's it's I think it's still in their live set. I think when I saw them last, they did this song, but probably because it's pretty easy one to do live. But yeah. uh, I, this one, I definitely it seems to me it's about Ken Adamani. Um, mm-hmm. There's a quote in the book, I think I think Bunny said it. He said Ken Adamani was a he was a great manager for the seventies, an all right manager for the eighties, and a shit manager for the nineties. That's what he said. Sing. So I think they blamed Ken Adamani for, you know, caving into the record label with, you know, Lapa Luxury and busted and then the Warner Brothers thing didn't work out and I think it was just easy to blame everything on him, you know, but
3: interesting that Bunny had all the comments about these songs when Bunny didn't have any songwriting credits on any of these songs
2: yeah I think Bunny is just the most talkative (laughs) probably when Mike Hayes interviewed Bunny he got a lot more info, info out of him than the other guys but
1: yeah really going to
3: hell. Think Bunny will ever be back in Cheap Trick Ken Mills?
1: Um no. But that's not saying that there won't be a an anniversary show or something.
2: Yeah, with the lawsuits, it's hard to say that would I would hope for a rock and roll Hall of Fame <laughs> a reunion but that they would have to actually get inducted first before that could happen.
1: Yeah, and who knows Hell might They would have to get nominated again.
2: first yeah. and then inducted. So,
1: Well, as cold as it is, Hell may be freezing over. As we you speak. know what? Speaking yeah, of Stone exactly.
3: Temple Pilots, I think Stone Temple Pilots will get nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before Cheap Trick, and that is a effing crime.
1: I agree.
2: Well, your favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers are already in, so... <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, probably the Doors in Santana, they're all in.
1: Yeah, it's it's so weird who gets in and who doesn't. And that's why the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has zero credibility, and they matter not at all. So,
3: You yeah. know that when you get nominated, you have to pay for a table, and it costs a lot of money?
1: Again, it means nothing to me at all. What a sad, sad little thing. It's. Just I got a-
3: newfound respect for Axl Rose when... For what he did with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, oh, I wasn't—I was never an Axl Rose fan, but now I kind of—I—I I like him a lot more now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a little club for the little people along alongside the lake there. It, it really means nothing, and people are like, "Hey, aren't you going gonna Kiss is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame?" No, not really. I'm glad that uh, people have like woken up a little bit to the fact that they've put out some good music, but do you think that like Dave Marsh and the rest of those bastards are sitting around thinking, hey, KISS is a great band, and and when Cheap Trick gets in there, they're not going to think anything more of them, and if anything, God, Cheap Trick really deserves to be in there. That's all I'm going to say about that.
3: (laughs) Especially when half the bands that are in there were were admitted hugely influenced by Cheap Trick. Right. I mean, not half, but a lot of them.
1: Tons of them. Tons of. And
3: them. I know you guys went over this before on the Kiss podcast, but I I love it how all these people they trash the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame until their their band is in.
1: You yeah, know, well, I guess yeah. I'm not like that because I still think it's not that important. You
3: know how cheap trip or not cheap trip? Uh, Kiss, Our, yeah, Alice Gina Cooper. Always, uh, yeah. Alice Cooper said the same thing. I don't want to be any part of, part of any club that would have me anyway right. or something That's like some that. Now, now the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is such a great thing.
1: Yeah, well, I don't care when they get everybody in. It's still just going to be just like a magazine. It's
3: yeah, what if your band was nominated?
1: It never will happen.
3: What if it did? You'd oh, you'd all of a sudden think Rockland Hall of Fame was great, wouldn't you?
1: I'd probably say I'm not paying for a table, but thanks.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: There you go. That's what I'd do.
3: Very, very cool.
1: That's me. <laughs> That's me. <my sighs> Our next track is eight miles low. Think about it, Michael.
3: It's this is my least favorite song on the record.
1: Okay, I why?
3: like it still, but it's my least favorite.
1: Is there any reason for that? I can't
3: or? really elaborate any more on it. it just—it's eh, okay.
1: It's kind of like I don't like the color brown. It's just you like what you like.
3: It's probably the least catchy tune on the record to me.
1: Yeah, I can see that. BJ, what are your thoughts? I think it's super great. Couldn't be better.
3: <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I'm just, I get, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing Le- the Michael uh, what he's doing yeah. the you, Ken.
3: <laughs> Ken Mills, that's, that's, what, that's my uh, self-appointed catchphrase. It's super great. <laughs> he's messing with Macy. Me, okay. Everything is said in love. How can you be so passive-aggressive, BJ Cramp?
1: <laughs> yes, BJ. How can you be so passive-aggressive? For I'm us. offended but that's, by that's that. That's not how I really feel about
2: this song. I like this song. I would agree it's probably in the bottom half, but just because the album is so great... I think it's a really cool song and again it has a great Rick Nielsen vocal part that I love the
0: scream 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 you know yeah.
2: I can't
1: do it very that well that I love I love yeah.
2: it and also interestingly uh you know that they had an early song called Violins yeah. that they did live mm-hmm. that they incorporated a chunk of that song into this song so and I think uh on like some of the bootlegs demos of this song were even called Violins because of that but
1: well I love the psycho uh, scree, scree, scree kind of thing that you're just <laughs> talking about. And it's cool. It's, it seems like it starts out with uh, Is that a sitar?
3: It's probably another Beatles influence. Didn't they do that on yeah. one or two the street? It's probably
2: the tipple.
3: <laughs> it could also be a, a the saw through effects as well.
1: Yeah. Hey, good catch. Good catch.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is a great song for, for the Rick Nielsen vocal parts. And this is one where when I listen to hear this song, I'd just picturing Rick live doing those parts at the mic. Mm-hmm. When he, he used to like shake his head back and forth when he was doing the scream dream scream part. <laughs> yeah,
1: This is a Rick Nielsen tune for sure. I mean, when I hear this song, I think of
3: Rick. You know, I say it's my least favorite, but then two days from now, I could go back and listen to all the songs again, and it might be one of my favorites.
1: (laughs) That's weird how music can do that. You would think that, you know, I guess that art is not only objective, but it changes over time, so it's kind of bizarre. But it's, it's a real cool song, and it takes me back to the first album in a lot of ways, which is not a bad place to go. The uh, last track on the album, and we're going to discuss the bonus tracks. so stay right with you, gang. Um, the next song is It All Comes Back To You, which is another slow song. <laughs>
3: One of my favorite songs on the record. I love this tune. As you can, Mills, when I listen to this song, it makes me think of sad and sad times. <laughs> it's really...
1: Go on. <laughs>
3: it, it makes me weep instantly. It's probably in the key of D minor.
1: Yeah, probably. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised.
3: I love this tune. I, I can listen to this song over and over again. His vocals on this song, it sounds to me like they're really, really coming from his heart.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just heaven. And if I
3: was a girl, and he sang this to me,
1: it's ladies, time. Ladies, uh, pants are coming off. When this Panty drawing time.
3: It tops at very least.
1: Yeah. Drop them, BJ. What do you think?
2: Yeah, very very nice song. I like it a lot. I probably like it more than Shelter actually. Shelter yeah, to me is a lot sadder.
1: <laughs> Shelter is heartbreaking. Yeah. This is a this is a love song. It's one of the few love songs on the album that are is positive.
3: Perfect album closer, by the way. This is the kind of song that to me should close an album.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's great. It's kind of like again, if this were a concept album, and I'm not saying that it is, but it seems like after all, if you listen to the, the whole the angst of the whole album. There's finally peace here, in this song. So, for what it's worth.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's a very dark album overall, and then it ends with this just a nice moment. <laughs> it, oh. it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a nice way to just finish it and uh, and not leave you with all the darkness of well, the rest of it. Okay, you
1: know? let's 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 indulge Ken's weirdness for a little bit here. Let's say it is a concept album. Let's let's take a look at each track anytime you want to come come over so she wants to come over get laid even though they're having all this horrible stuff between them Uh, he's trying to figure out on what she is and is all about on hard to tell carnival games uh, he's thinking he still wants to be with her shelter he's dealing with the pain and the loss of all the loved ones in his life he let a lot of people down he's probably turned on himself at that point baby no more. Hey, I'm done with this chick. And yeah, yeah, just whatever. And then she comes back and says goodbye. And he realized he was wrong all along. He goes through the eight miles low and he realized it all comes back to you, which is either self-realization or love.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard (coughs) Ken Mill's life in the album nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Ken? I see, <laughs> well, <laughs> I figured that out about you I like you a lot more
1: Well, what's not to love? That's how I look exactly. at it uh, But, I don't know, albums mean different things to different people But uh, even if I didn't go through a divorce I would see some of this I, I feel I would see some of this yeah,
3: Everybody's I, I just, gone through this 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 is the kind of album that everybody's gone through these emotions That's why it's such a great album Well,
1: wait a second, hold on You say that, but this this is one thing I have to point out I don't know how old you were when you got into Cheap Trick.
3: I'm older than you, Ken Mills. Okay,
1: all right. Well, coolness. So I I was... was, I was
3: 1977, so mm -hmm. that would make me, what, 15?
1: There you go. I'm I'm 50 right now, so... I'm 52. There you you go. So we have divulged these things. Not very cool. I think it's cool because the alternative is being in the ground, so I'll take the still breathing.
3: Yeah, Uh, when you're feeling suicidal... If you feel like you want to be in the ground, go listen to this album. It might pick you up.
1: Yeah, there you go. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Buck up, little camper. Um, Look how
3: bad Robin had it. That's right. He was feeling lower than you.
1: That's right. But uh, as I said earlier, they, they... didn't seem to have this uh, lyrical depth and complexity we as listeners also haven't been through this stuff when we were 15 we didn't go through the stuff that we went through in our 30s and 40s and so on and so forth so,
3: it's again, a good album for grown ups to listen to exactly
1: this is the cheap, the first Cheap Trick album for grown ups in the sense that uh, their first album was called Cheap Trick this is also called Cheap Trick so this is kind of like the grown ups Cheap Trick does that make any I, sense?
3: I could not agree with you more.
1: All right, I like it when people.
3: Well agree said.
1: With you. I'm That's not gonna sure be what I, I said. Phrase. Well said. I, I'm not sure what I said, but I'll go with it. But. Uh
4: Back <laughs> I. <laughs>
2: song that's definitely not meant for acoustic guitars, but what
1: the heck, we're Cheap Trick. So let's let's talk about the bonus tracks. We have Baby Talk and Brontosaurus. What do you think of them, Michael?
3: I think Steve Albini is one of the most overrated producers, in my opinion. <laughs> I okay.
1: agree. Very the much,
2: guy so. sounds
3: like he sticks four microphones in a room and hits record. Maybe a good thing to some people, but I don't think so. I think these I think they're poorly produced. They sound muddy, just like the the, the uh, Albini version of In Color. I think it's a muddy production. Songs, eh? Take or leave either of those two songs. I mean, I know Brontosaurus has the riff, the famous uh, California man riff they threw in there, right? But <laughs> I don't. I don't. I could. I don't. I never go back and listen to these two tunes, and the production to me is abysmal.
1: Wow. Bj,
2: yeah. So that was a sub pop single originally, mm-hmm. yeah. and, um, and
3: kudos to sub pop for putting out a Cheap Trick single.
2: Yep. And uh, there's a demo of Baby Talk, which I think was done with Tom Werman in '96, and I think it's awesome. But Steve Albini is pathetic. Okay, you're going to produce Cheap Trick, and what are you going to do? You're going to bury Robin Zander's vocals? I, that's the dumbest thing you could possibly do if you're put if you're producing Cheap Trick, as far as I can tell.
3: I, I mean, read, I think the,
2: the production of, of Baby Talk on the sub-hop single is terrible. Yeah, I agree.
3: I read that anybody can go in and have Stilbe- Steve Albini produce that record for five grand a day. He's got a studio, and he rents it out for $5,000 a day with him at the helm. It's what I read somewhere a long time ago.
2: And then it was cool that they did Brontosaurus. Um, you know, that was neat. But uh, definitely, if you haven't heard it, the demo of Baby Talk is 100 times better. I think it's a really cool song, actually.
3: Drums always sound like they're, they're, the drums, I, I can't stand the way his drums recordings are. They just sound like they're sitting in a garage with the microphone just
2: hanging from the ceiling. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, uh, well, you know, he, he basically, they tried to make Cheap Trick sound like a grunge band. <laughs> That's like, what like, That's a like a sub
3: That's what he says. Yeah. I think the guy's just lazy.
2: Well, you know, uh, I, I know Rick describes in the book how he comes in and sets up all these different microphones and all this stuff that he built himself, and he spends all day setting, setting up microphones. That's what Rick said. About well, it. where
3: the heck's the sound, then? It doesn't sound like he's using good mics. It, sound like no. he's, it sounds like like he's got just regular 58s in the room, or 57s.
1: Well, I'd like to thank Michael and BJ. Uh, we just got a call from Steve Albini. He's not going to do the interview now, so uh, oh. thanks, guys. No. Don't, yeah! I, don't yeah. I don't think you would have. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Well, I'm glad to have the tracks, nonetheless. Out of the two, well, I, just, I like you baby know, you need the
2: demo. You yeah. need the baby talk demo. That's the one you need, not the. Why don't we play up a little anymore. bit of that
1: right now? Is, uh, that is definitely <laughs> worth checking out. Thanks for providing us that, BJ. So, usually we wrap up how we felt about the album, but the thing is just damn good. If you don't have it and you're a Cheap Trick fan, you have no excuse. You can probably go to any it's... pawn shop, you can probably go yeah. to any record store and find this for 97 cents.
2: It's long out of print, but...
1: Yeah, it's long yeah, out of I mean, print, but thankfully, there, have to be
2: plenty out there
1: there. were a bunch puked out, and they're out there, and anytime I see them, I pick them up and I give them away.
2: And you they know, like, when it first came out, it didn't come with the uh, Baby Talk Brontosaurus right. CD. Like, when I got it, probably the day it came out, it didn't have that. Um, I think I got that at some point later on, the CD. I mean, I have the 45, the Sub Pop 45, so. Well, mm-hmm. aren't you something? You braggart. <laughs> you braggart. I think that came out before the album did
3: think <clears throat> i wouldn't have been excited if this if the if the sub pop single came out before the album i would have been not as looking you know I, I wouldn't have been as excited about the album although i wasn't excited at the time either but this it's album, not a good precursor to an to an album as great as self Well, right, so. right
2: right after this album came out my friend dan and i went on a road trip and we just played this the tape over and over in the car and i mean we just would it would end, we'd flip it over and start it again, you know?
3: Two dudes in the car together listening <laughs> to this album.
1: Nothing yeah. wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hold each other during Shelter?
2: We, um, were, we were going to record stores.
1: Very <laughs> That's cool. what the
2: road trip was about.
1: This album took me completely by surprise. Like I said, when it came out, it just really snapped my neck and said, hey, we're back. And it. If you're a Cheap Trick fan and you have it, check it out. If you're not a Cheap Trick fan, I doubt you've made it this far into the podcast, but buy this album, own this album, love this album. It is great. There's nothing really bad on it, and I can't say that about many things. BJ, what would you like to promote?
2: Rock and or roll? Go to
1: rockandorroll.blogspot.com. Okay, and BJ and I will see you on a podcast and a, another Cheap Talk. And our good friend, Mr. Michael Butler... I'm going to let you have the closing plug here. Uh, Please plug your show and uh, whatever you'd like to say, go for it.
3: Uh, Cheap Trick friends, fans of the show, thank you for letting me be on this fabulous podcast. And if you would like to listen to mine, it's at com. I would appreciate it. It's not as professional as the Cheap Trick podcast, but at least it's honest. And you can find me on. Can I still keep going? Yeah, go on. Uh, find me on the Facebook, RR Geek. Find me on the Twitter, RR Geek. And find me on Instagram, Rock and Roll Geek. Don't ask.
1: Very cool. <laughs> anyway, thanks for being on the show, Michael. Thank you for having me, Karen. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. God bless. Well, that's our show. And we want you to keep cheap tricking and uh, have fun. And check out this live version of Cheap Trick doing Waiting for the Man. We'll see you guys next episode. Bye.
5: i
0: That's our show. Trick Chat is an online nonprofit audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to Cheap Trick or any of their members past or present. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes to buy it. If you enjoyed this show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying keep Cheap Trickin'.
1: Okay, very cool. We are done recording. I say very cool a lot. It's nothing against you. I'm not trying to shine you off. I hope I you know hope
3: that. you don't mind me busting your balls a little bit. I'm it's that's all what in they're good. There it's for, it's, right? It's, it's all with love. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's, that's what I say there nothing
3: mean spirited. It's all in good fun. Oh, that's, good clean fun. That's exactly. Cool.